welcome to Parlor Talks at the Fulton Mansion. We are your humble hosts and educators here at the Fulton Mansion, Joseph Fox and Ashley Thornton. In today's episode, we're celebrating Aransas County's sesquicentennial anniversary by looking back 150 years ago to 1871. Though the Fulton Mansion wasn't around yet when Aransas split from Nerfurio County, the Fultons were making their return to the Live Oak Peninsula and saw potential for a cattle empire. On behalf of the Fulton Mansion and the Texas Historical Commission, welcome. Greetings, dear listeners, fellow Aransans, and visitors all. Today's episode is in celebration of Aransas County's 150-year anniversary, or sesquicentennial. And since this is lucky number seven in terms of episodes, we decided to do something special and just have a retrospective on the history of Aransas County leading up to 1871. So if you tune in maybe next week or or on the next episode, I will air the next section of the Ruth Davis oral history. Got a lot of positive feedback from that. Ashley, do you have any thoughts on the sesquicentennial? Yes. Um, I've been practicing trying to say sesquicentennial five times fast. I'm, I'm getting there. Give, give it a shot for us real uh, quick. Yeah, no, no, we're not <laughs> doing it. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's everybody's homework is try to say that. <laughs> That's the one thing I've learned throughout this research is how to say sesquicentennial. Um, but yeah, I think this is a great time to offer a brief retrospective on the history of Aransas County and how it's changed with the different groups of people who have called this slice of Texas coast home, which I can now say it's home. So it's really cool to see how it's changed over the years and what it means to us now today and how we can relate to it and the sesquicentennial. You know, I always hear different takes on uh, how long do you have to live in uh, Aransas County to say that you're from here, you know? It definitely has an interesting history um, mm-hmm. and it's uh, changed over time with the different groups of people who've moved here. That's one of the things I came to appreciate reading Susan Taylor's and William Allen's excellent book Aransas, the life of a Texas coastal county, um, really gave me a good glimpse of how the region grew into the bustling coastal getaway it is today. And the Fultons in this mansion played a huge role in the story, but the story of Aransas County starts way earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see. Um, and I don't think it takes long to feel like a local. So I'm sure the Fultons and everyone 150 years ago probably felt the same way, especially as they were create in this place it was their home how do you think the uh first humans felt when they came here that is a good question that's our job right to try to understand people in the past and how they thought um i would think they probably thought it was a little hot i would hope at least um i don't think anyone can be that acclimated to this heat to be honest um, but it should be noted uh, that there's definitely a longer history of human settlement here in Aransas County that predates the forming of the county by thousands of years. Um, we know that there was occupation at least 13,000 years ago based on Clovis. Clovis was about 13,000 years ago. And Wilson points found from that time period around the coastal bend. Um, there's been lots of discoveries that uh, prove there were people before Clovis. Um, in the late prehistoric area, which is about 1,200 to 400 years ago, the Rockport complex 
is found here in the coastal bend. By 1250 to about 1300 AD, the native people of the coastal bend were likely the ancestors of the Karankawa tribes, which we know a lot about today in our area and the founding of this area. And they were making a distinctive kind of pottery that we now know as Rockport ware. And that's a way that we can distinguish um, those people um, as Rockport. <laughs> as Rockportians. <laughs> Well, and, and it's, uh, you know, history is kind of funny. It's uh, they, the oftentimes saying is uh, history is written by the victors. History is written by people who can write. <laughs> so exactly. the, the Karankwa didn't leave behind any written re- records. Uh, you know, our archaeologists and historians kind of have to glean in either by looking at artifacts or looking at the accounts written by the mm-hmm. Spanish, who are the first Europeans here in the area. The first Spanish explorers arrived in the 1500s, and they found different Karankwa hunter-gatherer groups living on the coast. One of these groups the Spanish called the Copané, and they became the namesake of Copano Bay. Copano was a port and mission at the mouth of the Aransas River, and today it's a bay <laughs> that still carries on that, that uh, Karankwa heritage. With Mexican independence from Spain in 1821, Mexican ranching families like the De Leones and De La Garzas settled north of here, while in 1828, the Irish impresarios James Power and James Hewitson brought Irish settlers to towns like San Patricio, Refurio, and Victoria. Texas' independence from Mexico and annexation brought years of conflict and turmoil along what was called a raw frontier in the Texas papers but also land speculators looking to build towns along the Live Oak Peninsula and Copano Bay. Here enters George Fulton and Henry Smith into the picture. They partnered with James Power and helped found a town called Aransas City. But bitter disputes over land titles led to the forming of other towns. These include Lamar, St. Mary, and Copano. There's a lot more to the story of each of these towns, which we'll have to get into more in later episodes. Eventually, the Live Oak Peninsula was incorporated into Refurio County and Aransas City faded away. With declining prospects on the coast, the Fultons moved back east so George could find work and their children could have access to better education. What brought the Fultons back to the Live Oak Peninsula was Harriet's inheriting a great deal of land in the area after her father Henry and uncles passed away. With the prospects of a cattle boom on the coast, George and Harriet sent their son James down in the summer of 1867 to the Live Oak Peninsula to see what potential existed there. We don't have James's account of this trip, but here's a description of Rockport in the late 1860s by the Texas Ranger J.B. Red John Dunn. Dunn traveled to Rockport as a young man to work for the Powell family who lived nearby. He described it as, at that time, There were only two houses in Rockport, one belonging to an old turtle fisherman named Andy Johnson, and the other near the foot of the wharf, belonging to a man named Mathis. He arrived in Rockport and camped under a live oak tree next to the wharf. Dunn awoke the next morning and was greeted by a couple of men walking down the wharf. He asked them where the town of Rockport was, and they simply replied, You are in the middle of the town now, sir. Dunn asked if if Mathis's house near the wharf was the only house in town, to which they replied, No, sir, there's the other one. Clever. I imagine it looks very different than it does today. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
James gave glowing reports back about the quality of their land as well as the cattle grazing on it, and the Fulton family moved back to the Live Oak Peninsula later that year. The area during the late 1860s was recovering from the aftermath of the Civil War in America. Though not in as dire shape as other sections of the American South, Union troops destroyed the salt works in Lamar and occupied, during different times, settlements along the Texas coast. After the Civil War, the state was racked by violence as the Reconstruction government under E.J. Davis sought to bring civil rights to freed African Americans and unreconstructed Confederates sought to hold on to the old order around the cotton plantation and slavery. Though slavery existed in Aransas leading up to the Civil War, the area was built around shipping and fishing, not cotton plantations. It was an area ripe for development of a new industry. Opportunity from Harriet's inheritance led to the Fultons moving back to the Live Oak Peninsula and forming with other prospective ranchers the Coleman Mathis Fulton Pasture Company in 1871. Together, this operation had about 150,000 acres of land on which to raise cows and ship by the Morgan Steamship Line out to markets in New Orleans and Cuba. The town of Fulton, incorporated in 1867, and served as the center of local meatpacking plants. Rockport, incorporated in 1870, and John Mathis is the first mayor. The town of Rockport was planted next to a rock outcropping, referred to as Rocky Point, and served as the residential area for middle and upper class families. In part because of different industries and business interests, but also because of politics, Aransas split from Refurio County and formed its own county, with an official law passed by the Texas legislature on September 18, 1871, and it was signed into law by Governor E.J. Davis. Judge William Ree recalled that the Irish ranchers and town folk of Refurio, many of whom supported the Confederacy, reportedly celebrated with a huge wake, with merrymaking and free-flowing liquor. Suffice to say, they were happy not to share a county with Yankee businessmen like George Fulton. Still, the two counties remained close as many immigrants from the American South at the time were gone to Texas. They were moving into the area looking for opportunities. Sitting between the two towns on a 68-acre lot, George and Harriet Fulton built their home, Oakhurst, between 1874 and 1877. Enter Fulton Mansion. Da-da-da. <laughs> Da-da-da. <laughs> um, with the cattle industry serving as its lifeblood, the community grew, but was also held captive by the ebb and flow of the economy. In the early 1870s, a depression allowed the Fulton's Pasture Company to buy up land for cheap, but other problems like hurricanes, which we know well, droughts, freezes, declining cattle prices, tick infestation, and more hampered the profits of the industry and limited the growth of the county. Still, the earliest census in 1880, nine years after Aransas County formed, showed a population of 966, which was unprecedented growth for that time. Eventually, the cattle industry declined, but the community here prospered with the growth of tourism and the fishing and shrimping industry. Today, we have more people living here than at any point in our history. The population sits at about 23,510 people and is expected to grow by a couple thousand more within the next years. And on weekends, as everybody knows, with uh, visitors coming from across the state and the rest of the country, it probably goes up by a couple thousand more. There are more stories with these 150 years that we don't have time to tell, but it is important to look back and take stock at how far the county has come. How do we sustain the growth for the next 150 years? 
How do we preserve our historical heritage, local industry, natural resources, and environment? What do we need to do to pass on this legacy to our kids? And I think those are good questions to bring up. You asked earlier, you know, how do we think the people 150 years ago felt? How do we think prehistoric people felt? And it's our job as historians and as people to use the things that we have left behind, archaeology, artifacts, or written accounts, history like this of Aransas County, to bridge that gap and try to understand people of the past so that we can address these questions for our future, which I think can be really exciting. Um, And I think we're doing a small part celebrating local history with this year's sesquicentennial celebration. So join us in the celebration and take the time to tell stories about Aransas County with someone who hasn't heard them. Tell them to your family, your friends, complete strangers. Um, Until next time, thanks for stopping by our parlor and we'll see you soon.